Welcome to the Cult of Domesticity podcast, a podcast about history, true crime, and whatever life brings us. I'm Courtney, and every week I am joined by another fascinating person. Let's see what we're going to talk about this week. We're back with Lindsay from 33% Pulp. Thank you for hello returning from our short break in our recording session. Happy to be here. Now that you've told your story, it's my turn to tell my story. Have you heard? I'm so excited. Have you heard of Mary Vincent? I have, like, in, like, I think I, I at the fir- my first contact with Mary Vincent, like, in terms of hearing her story is uh, my favorite murder, I think. And then I think someone else might have covered it, but that one was, like, what I remember because, oh, God, fuck, this story is just so crazy. Like, you, how can you not, how can you forget, like, some of the visuals and what she went through? Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> I mean, it's a horrible story. I, I mean, it's a horrible story. I don't mean to, it's not good. It's not it's good. Not, no, but it's it's yeah. a dramatic story and it actually has a happyish ending. So for any true crime lovers, it's, right. it's a rarity. So. Right. Going to be telling the story of 15-year-old Mary Vincent. She was a promising dancer. Uh, she had already worked the front stage at the Lido in Paris Lido de Paris in Las Vegas, as well as touring in Australia and Hawaii. So she's already off to a good start um, for a career in dance, which is hard enough. So it was an afternoon in Berkeley, California, close probably to you. And uh, it was the 29th of September in 1978. So think back to what's happening in the 70s. We're in the late 70s. Mm-hmm. And... Mary has decided she's running away from home. Why? Hmm. Well, like most children of the late 70s, her parents were going through a divorce and she just wanted to be alone. And she's like, I'll go to L.A. I'll hitchhike from Berkeley to L.A. So this, Mm -hmm. she's sticking her thumb out and uh, a blue van rolls and stops And behind the wheel is a former merchant marine seaman, Lawrence Singleton. And he looks like he would be your average grandfather. And he agrees to drive Mary to Interstate 5. And she goes, okay, I do not know California's highway, so I'm assuming this is on her way. Yeah, I-5, like, goes up and down the California. uh, Yeah, it, like, goes directly. It's a good route. If... You weren't with Lauren Singleton. I didn't realize he was older. Okay, so I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, to hear the rest of the story, because there's details that I obviously don't remember. Yeah, Um. so he he's like a balding, middle-aged man who kind of looks like a grandfather with a generous beer belly. Well, mm. the reason why um, he got kicked out of the Merchant Marines was because he was a heavy drinker who had been convicted of distributing, contributing to the delinquency of a minor. They don't say what the delinquency oh. was, but I'm assuming drinking and probably some not good things. While he's nice enough sober, he uh, gets a little mean when he drinks. He, Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde situation. And hmm. his wife, Shirley, divorced him in 1971. Um, and he got rejected by a nurse Mary Collins in 1976 and so after he got divorced in 71 he got together with Mary Collins a nurse in 76 and 
their marriage fell apart after two years. Although they remained friends, so that's rare. Hmm. Yeah. Especially for someone who, with a drinking problem uh, who gets, like... Violent, yes. Evil. Yes. Also, I, I looked him up, and his eyebrows, man. Yeah. Oh, no. Those are intense eyebrows. They're very, very intense. Um, so, adding to this storm in 79, Larry had fought fiercely with his daughter, Deborah, um, who didn't like his attempts to be the disciplinarian of the family, and he was still upset. Um, his ex-wife doesn't say which one said he didn't, he just didn't seem to find any sense in living. Solid. Solid man to pick you up. But she doesn't know this. Mm -hmm. So they approach Interstate 5 and Singleton continues to drive. Well, Mary is a naive girl for all her world travels and doesn't realize this. Because Singleton tells her he wants to stop at his house near San Francisco to pick up some laundry, and she agrees to help him tote the bundles into the van. Um, it, you know, that's not weird. Not a good idea. It's not weird. Not a good idea. It's, yeah, like, never, yeah. anytime you're getting a ride somewhere and someone's like, I need to make a stop, if it's not, like, to McDonald's or fast food place, no. Yeah, it's, like, not a neutral place. It's his fucking house. It's not a good idea. It's not on the way either. If you're going to like the five and you're and Berkeley trying to go to L.A. and he wants to go to San Francisco, it's 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 not on the way. I don't think. Anyway, I'm not Northern California. Uh, I don't know <laughs> California geography at all. So this is I'm. You could tell I if I were her in a situation, I'd be like, yeah, this seems right. Yeah. Um. Sounds good. All right. Go. <laughs> um. So on top of this. Singleton begins drinking from a milk carton filled with liquor as soon as they were back on the road. Which sounds so gross. Did you say milk carton? Yes. That's fucking disgusting. Right? Did he rinse it out? I don't... Like, he seems like the kind of alcoholic that wouldn't risk it, rinse it out. Says the girl drinking whiskey and, and coke. Actually, let's see. It is <laughs> it is cola time. You gotta have some standards. Like, whiskey and coke... Is totally fine, but in from a milk carton that you've like reused is a little different, I think. Nope, I got a plastic cup. It's all good. This this is after me talking about the Donner Party and they're like they have nothing and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like No. You cannot reuse a milk carton. <laughs> they would have loved a carton of milk. Um Yeah, I don't feel I feel like whiskey plus milk. It's probably not good whiskey either, so it's probably just oh gosh. Oh my god, yeah. You're in that situation and that good. Um, on top of this, Mary falls asleep because she trusts him. She wakes up. Right. And uh, Singleton's voice has become, I guess, more aggressive because he's probably hammered at this point. He's probably finished his milk curtain of whiskey. Mm. I'm sorry. It didn't say what kind of liquor. Um, <laughs> I just put my own drink of choice in there. <laughs> and Mary looks out and she's like, uh, what the hell? The roadsides basically are saying they're going towards Nevada, which is, I'm gonna guess, wrong. <gasps> no, that's very wrong. Yeah, because, yeah, the five goes, like, north and south. If they're going to Nevada, they're, uh, they're going east. It's completely wrong. Yeah. Okay. So Mary is like, fuck, I gotta get myself out of this shit. 
So she's feeling around, trying to, like, I guess, I, if I'm going to put words in her mouth, be, like, kind of figure out, like, how to do this sneakily. She finds a long, pointy stick and brandished it at Larry's. She, she says, I can take care of myself. Turn around right now. And she did as he ordered. Or he did as she ordered. And he told her, I'm just an honest man who made an honest mistake. I'm not going to hurt you. Anytime someone says they're not going to hurt you. No. Yeah. No. Also, where did she find the stick? On the side of the car. She was, like, feeling around her seat. Just a long, pointed stick. Huh. Dangerous. So, a few miles down the road, Singleton pulls the car over and tells Mary that he needs to use the bathroom and can't wait for the next gas station. Mary, for some fucking reason, is still trusting him. And gets out of the car to get a breath of fresh air. She's tying her shoelace. Singleton crept up um, from behind and hit her in the head with a hammer, which is terrifying. Mm, yeah. And very scary. Because... Like, he had gone and gotten, like, a hammer from the back or something. Or he had one on, like, in the side pocket or something. He knows where... Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. So he, with one hand, slides open the van door and shoved her inside and said, Don't scream or I'll kill you. Um, he has Mary lying on the back of the van with her hands tied behind her. Um, begins sexually assaulting her. He, once he is finished... He left her on the floor of the van, heaving himself naked, by the way. He's naked now. Into the driver's seat. Like, full on? As the the article I found said, heaving himself stark naked into the driver's seat. And I'm just like, oh. Okay. No, no, there's there's extra visuals I didn't need. And drove a few miles down the canyon road before stopping again. Uh, he cut Mary's hands loose, uh, and told her he would set her free if she obeyed him. Again, this never happens. They never set you free. No. He gave her a cup of liquor and said, drink it or I'll kill you. She drinks it. He rapes her again. Mary passes out kind of from shock and alcohol. Right. When she comes to, Singleton tells her to get out and lie on the edge of the road. She does as he says. He's rummaging around. Uh, the car comes back and grabbing his her left hand screams, You want to be free? I'll set you free. He proceeds to cut off her left arm with an axe and then her right. Mm. Screaming. She uh, Basically, she's telling herself it would be better if she could throw up and die. So, she's ba- she's basically in shock. Her body's just shutting, like, shutting down. Of course. Mentally. Yeah. She's been just, that's, I, yeah. Yeah, I would imagine. She was shoved down a steep embankment and stuffed into a concrete pipe, um, but she didn't die. Somehow, this- she, she stepped. She stepped in the pipe, or she was she put her in the pipe. What I, happened? A, they said she was stuffed into a concrete pipe, so I'm guessing he stuffed her down. Maybe there. she was hiding. He was hiding the oh, body a little bit, okay. like okay, or um, at least the article I found. But she somehow amazingly gets 
like she probably was hiding for a while and then climbs up the embankment which sounds like not an easy feat and just starts walking towards the freeway because and this is where my favorite murder does a really good job just talking about how like she's terrified that every car like any car sounds could be singleton coming back for her yeah but she is discovered the next morning by a couple who had so he didn't come back he just like left her in the pipe or whatever Yeah, he thought she was dead he cut off both her arms. I mean, he probably okay. thought blood loss Jesus. would do the job for her. And and of the blood loss, like I remember, like just hearing them say, like she she had like put her, well, she didn't have arms anymore because that asshole fucking mm-hmm. ripped them off. But like she she had put her like shoulders up or something, right? And so that had helped save her life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When she was, is this right? I think. She she kind of got stuff stuck in them too, like kind of stopped the bleeding. But she oh. also, yeah, when she was walking along the side of the road, she kept her arms up. Like I don't think he cut them off yeah. above the elbow, but she kept them like bent up, so like it wasn't like the blood okay wasn't gonna um yeah yeah because she was yeah. she was naked smart holding her arms to slow the blood loss, keeping mu- the mu- and to keep the muscles from slipping out. Things you don't think about. She walked almost three miles <gasps> from where she had been dumped. Did you say the muscles? Yeah, because think about it. It's not going to all stay in there if you cut off your hands. Oh my Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, to, to where she was found by that couple. They rushed her to the hospital where she was able to provide a detailed description of Singleton. Um, and her... <laughs> The best part, her sketch was so realistic, the sketch was so realistic, Singleton's neighbor recognized him and called the police. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, uh, yeah, so she survives. Ready to get mad. Yay! You're gonna get mad about <laughs> It's gonna, you're gonna get mad. Okay. Uh, so, under the ridiculously lenient laws at the time... Singleton was sentenced to just 14 years in prison, which was the maximum sentence allowed. 14? 14? Yeah, 14 years. That seems like not enough for what he fucking did to raping her twice and cutting her arms and leaving her for dead. Yeah. Attempt of murder. Sexual assault. Yeah. That's fucking ridiculous. 14 years? She was 15 years old. Like, this is horrible. Yeah. Ready to get... Matt. And didn't you say, like, earlier, like, he had, like, been violent before? Yeah, he probably had some domestic abuse on his record as well from his ex-wife. It's bullshit. Yeah. So, get ready. After serving just uh-uh. eight years and four months of that sentence, Singleton was paroled for good behavior. Why? Why? Like, I mean, okay, like... Like, no, but I can't even. Like, <laughs> that's not enough. Like, he needs to fucking serve 14, the 14 fucking years that he got. He should be serving way longer. Like, he, that's like lenient 14 years. He should be grateful and fucking serve the full fucking time, not the eight years and just be let out. That's ridiculous. How is that even the thing? I want to Google it. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> like, they changed the laws oh because of it. Yeah. 
Don't worry. Really? Like, because of him? I think because of a lot, like, this was a very public case, and uh, also what happens afterwards. Oh my god, there's more, okay. Oh, there's more. Otherwise, this is a very short story. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, so, 20 minutes and we're done. Uh, No, so... Before his release, his psychiatric evaluation read, (sighs) because he is so out of touch with his hostility and anger, he remains uh, an elevated threat to others' safety inside and outside of prison. That was his psych eval and he was still let out? Yeah. He was still paroled? Yeah. Also, didn't you say, like, he had, like, a Jekyll and Hyde, like, relationship with alcohol? So, like, they're probably not allowed to have alcohol in prison, like... Like, seems like he has a substance abuse problem in addition to everything fucking else wrong with this asshole. Like, I don't know. I would not trust this guy out. How can... Okay. Yeah, no. All right, sorry. I get it. I mean, I don't think... They they say he's a threat to others inside and outside of prison. Yeah. Inside prison still. They're like, this dude's intense. He should not. And they're like, nope. Okay. Um... Okay, so at the time, you said he, it was like 1978, late 70s, right? How old was he at the time? Like, of the Mary Vincent? He was, like, middle-aged. So probably, like, his 40s, okay. 50s? Mm, let's say 45. Let's say 40. Let's say 43. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so then it was, like, a year later he was put to trial and, like, sentenced or something? Probably. Yeah, it's a, probably about a year. Okay. So he's like 50-something when he gets out. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Um, on top of it, he, while incarcerated, he had written several letters to Vincent's lawyers in which he threatened her. Are you shitting me? And he was let out? Yeah. Yeah. This guy. Mm-hmm. So. What's, what state is this? This is California. Yeah. <laughs> I live here. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Of course, after Singleton was paroled, Mary Vincent was terrified that he would come back and finish what he started. You know. Yeah. Like he threatened. <laughs> so. Right, or is anyone with trauma who, like, like survived this horrible thing? Yeah. Yeah. So, we're gonna go into what happened to Mary afterwards. So. Okay. She survived, but for a while she didn't really feel like a survivor. She fell into a deep depression. Um, yeah. Yeah, and all her hopes and dreams of becoming a successful dancer were dashed because of her reconstructive surgery would not allow that. Mm. The way prosthetic surgery was at that point. it Like, they saved her arms, they saved her life, but... She it would make it very difficult to dance. Dance. Um. On top of that, yeah, she's clearly suffering from a uh, deep PTSD. She shuddered at the very thought of that afternoon in her of her life. Um. She had really bad nightmares. Drifted from place to place. Couldn't have a job. Um. At points, couldn't even afford to have her prosthetic arms fixed. So, Hmm. not doing well. And on top of it, she ended up filing for bankruptcy. So, she's clearly suffering a lot of PTSD and emotional duress from that and not getting help with that. Because PTSD was still in its infancy for research at that time. 
1999, Mary said, I never smiled once in 21 years. Ugh. Fucking devastating. Mm-hmm. Did, and, and she ran away. Why did she? Why was she re- initially running away? Remind me. Because her parents were getting a divorce and she wanted to be by herself. And did, and after this incident happened with this asshole, like, did they reconnect at all? Like, her parents, did they support her? Uh, I couldn't find anything that said about that. Wow. Okay. Fuck. So she was alone. Mm-hmm. She, and she's given a lot of several interviews she did the i survived episode um so she mm. she's really mm-hmm. taken ownership of it mm-hmm. um yeah that's good for her yeah she did like reclaim the narrative you know yeah oh yeah mm. take that power back um so she ended up meeting a man called tom and they had a quiet wedding and and he's helped her a lot she went on to have two sons and attended the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. So she started to reclaim hmm. her narrative. Um, I think she mm-hmm. she probably got some help. I'm gonna hope some. Hopefully, yeah. Um, now she is a survivor and a victim's advocate, and she will um be will. She's now like willing to go speak publicly about that event in order to help. Uh, prevent other young and impressionable teenagers from hitchhiking and being smarter. Uh, on top of it, right. she discovered a new artistic talent, drawing. Hmm. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. So she said... Like, um... Mm-hmm. Tell me more, yeah. Uh, quote, I couldn't draw a straight line even with a ruler. I would mess it up. This is something I woke up with after the attack, and my artwork has inspired me and given me self-esteem, end quote. So she... Aw, that's, like, fucking amazing. Yeah, so she's reclaimed she's, her life she, in so many ways. Yeah, like, from all... Like, I mean, she's survived so much, not just fucking... Obviously, she... There was enough in the household so that she ran away when she was 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she experienced this, like, terrible fucking nightmare horror movie in real life unfolding in front of you, like, because you are that person experience with Larry Singleton. And then he's out. Did she... How was... What was her reaction when he... Did... I'm sorry if you already said... What was her reaction when uh, he was, like, let out eight years? She was terrified he was going to come and finish the job. Like, she thought he was going to come back and kill her. Oh, right, 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 right. Fuck. Did, was there any other contact? There, there, yeah, we're gonna go back to Larry. <laughs> oh, Larry. Oh, okay, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh. <laughs> I just love, so what became of Lawrence Singleton following his release? Glad you asked. He moved to Florida, <laughs> the home of all places crazy, Florida. Um, beca- <laughs> because, yeah. uh, Californians... Uh, citizens shared their disdain of the thought of him being released back into their community. So, okay, all right. So, all right. Well, at least there's that for California. They kept pro- like protesting um, across the state. Uh, p- some of the banners were "Drop dead, Larry! Get the maniac out!" Uh, so, and I think fl- in Florida there were also protests, but he kind of like they kind of snuck him in before people realized it because they're like oh shit Mm. what are we gonna do but yeah so they got 
Mm-hmm. Larry couldn't be in California, which is weird because his parole, like, I think they kept trying to figure out his parole situation. And when people found out, they were like, no, we don't want him here. So they'd protest and they'd try somewhere, like, try to sneak mm-hmm. him somewhere else. And they're like, no, he's horrible. Like, we don't want him here. And that's why mm-hmm. they had to sneak him into Florida. Like, I'm all for rehabilitation but this guy was not rehabilitated like his psyche valve was like this guy's a a danger to everyone like should not be released like so uh, this is not like a normal case where it's like oh he he had good behavior and he was out and like why are these you know fanatical people saying we don't want him in our communities this guy was a fucking real threat who had not you know repented or or been rehabilitated or whatever that's ridiculous no, and he, the thing he did was so horrible and so terrifying that it, I mean, I don't think anyone would hitchhike after that. Like, it's crazy. And yet they did. I mean, there's so many crazy hitchhiking, like, true crime stories. I mean, now, of course, it's 2018 or whatever, and we're like, okay, you don't hitchhike except when it's authorized through Uber or Lyft. And like, <laughs> like, but back then, I mean, only authorized hitchhiking. <laughs> only author only when like fucking a co- company is facilitating it um jeez but like yeah so it was not it was not abnormal is my understanding at the time it was not abnormal it wasn't like this kid was like oh i'm going to do something fucking crazy like i think it was like oh i'm going to re- like the the kindness of strangers kind of thing and like let's just work on this uh social ideal and yet it didn't work for so many people yeah Larry's been living in Tampa, Florida, and... Still? We'll get to that. Um, Sorry. Sorry, sorry, no, sorry. No, no, it's, it's... Oh, if he was still living in Tampa, never go to Florida again. Um, <laughs> and it's been a couple years after his release, and a painter calls the police after witnessing something gruesome through a window at, in Singleton. No. You want to guess? You want to guess what he saw? I don't fucking... No, I don't want to guess. You're just telling me. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the caller said he saw a nude man. Why is he always naked when he does this? This is the question. Um, raise his arm again and again over a body... A bloody body of a woman who was uh, slouched over his couch. He <gasps> told the police he heard, quote... Bones crushing like chicken bones breaking, end quote. Oh my god, that's fucking horrible. And this guy was so close, obviously. Or whoever, the woman, whatever, like, uh, to hear the bones cracking. I guess call the police, yeah, call the police. Don't, I guess, don't engage, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you see a naked man, like... (laughs) That's fucking crazy as shit, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like, beating... A bloody woman, you're like, um, I'm gonna call the police because I don't. Yeah, yeah this that's is bigger a, than that's me. A we- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> police arrive, they. Holy shit. Like, would you. Oh no, just saying, just holy shit. Like, he did it again, like, basically. He learned. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, police were arrived and were met by none other than Larry. I feel like calling him Larry makes diminishes him, and I enjoy it. Um. <laughs> so what was Larry doing when he he admitted to the cops that it was his home and he's covered in blood? Also, is he still naked? 
Like, they don't answer this question. Did he put on pants? Did he answer the door naked in blood? Covered in blood? Ugh. I, I don't even... Yeah. That's funny if he did answer it naked. So... the Like, just... just mm. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not, I'm not being articulate. I'm just, like, Rage. making noises because I'm just so disgusted by this man. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagining him naked and just thinking, uh, think, well, at least the police are there, but also he's done it again, you know? Yeah. And, and like, they could have known it, that he would do this, right? I mean, the psychiatrist said that he would probably do this because he's a danger. Uh, all right, I'm sorry. I'm repeating myself. Yeah, no, it's it's just pure rage, the fact that this monster, one, did it to someone so young first, and then two, mm-hmm. attack someone else again. And you're just like... The what? Yeah. So, who's inside? Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, it is the lifeless body of Roxanne Hayes, a 31-year-old sex worker who had arranged a date with Singleton. So, you know, mm. it just because she's a sex worker doesn't mean you get to kill her. Um, no. Yeah. He had agreed to pay her $20 for sex, which I feel like is cheap. But I don't know how much sex costs, so I, would, I don't know. But I wonder, like, I wonder, I mean, maybe... I, I don't know much about sex work, uh, like how it, the rates or whatever. But yeah, that does seem fucking cheap as fuck. Yeah. I wonder like what her situation was. So sad. Yeah. On top of it, he, she was a mother of three and single, Ugh. I know, he just orphaned probably three kids and Singleton had stabbed right. her to death with a boning knife. What's a boning knife? What's a boning knife? Let's Google. Boning knife. Reviews. Oh my god. They don't look very big. About five inches? Five, six inches? Which makes it kind of... I don't know. Would that be... War- it, either way, it's terrible. Yeah. But I wonder if like, if it was like a big... I don't know, like a broadsword, you'd die faster, you know? But if you were like stabbed to death with like a plastic fork... I mean, this is terrible. I mean, I'm... Okay. I, I, I think <laughs> I, no, I think I think the it's it's long, but it's it's an it's a single edge blade, so it's not going to be like a bread knife or a serrated knife, which would be worse because it's going to do damage in and out. This will do yeah. a little less damage, but I I think he stabbed her a lot. I think there was a lot of stabbing happening. Right. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Is like it had to be take a lot, a lot of fucking pain he apparently was very angry who knows why maybe maybe little larry wasn't doing a good job probably not Pro- that's probably what it fucking was i mean yeah a lot that's how it is a lot of times right when, especially when they're naked in these like violent sex crimes right they take it out of a woman especially if it's like a sex worker yeah like was he drunk at the time do you know no they didn't say if he was drunk or not um i'm gonna guess no he probably was having imp- impotence issues with little Larry and couldn't do anything. And so he, I mean, you're right. That's normally what happens. They blame the woman, but it's like, it's, I mean, it could have been drunk when it started and then kind of like rage sobered up. Well, hmm. Yeah. Let's get back to Mary who hears of Roxanne's murder and She steals herself because she knows she's going to have to go face Singleton in court again. 
because he can't do this to another person. She goes, I, she knows what he's capable of. She right. wasn't even required That's to testify, good. but she had to. She felt like she had to. Yeah, that's really good. That's good because who, yeah, you can she can attest to his fucking pri- previous crime, cli- like crimes, and like be there in front of the people talking. That was good. Yeah. So, she said, "I was raped. I had my arms cut off. He used a hatchet. He left me to die." End quote. Um. She Mary told the Sun courtroom as she pointed to Sing- Singleton with her prosthetic hook. So she's basically like. He's done this now twice, and he doesn't have any sympathy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the assistant state attorney, Jay Pruner, said the brutality of Singleton's attack on Mary and the violent murder of Roxanne are the reasons it was recommended that Singleton be sentenced to death. He's, he said, quote, 20 years ago, Mary Vincent got into Singleton's van. Some 20 years later, Roxanne Hayes got into Sing- Mr. Singleton's van. She, unlike Mary Vincent, did not survive her meeting with Lawrence Singleton. And Singleton was sentenced to death row in Florida. But, like most of these cases, Singleton passed away from cancer in 2001. I think all the negative evilness inside some of these people just gives them cancer. You know, a lot of them die of cancer. Yeah, it's also the length of the death like being on death row like i i don't actually personally know what i think about the death penalty because i have feelings both ways but like this is like a fucking serious crime and he should he needs to be gone from the streets like and if he's gone because of cancer like i'll take that i guess yeah um however for mary she said quote i wanted to look into his eyes but now i won't be able to find out find out whatever i was looking for i feel like i was cheated again end quote so she was kind of mad that he didn't mm. get put to death because she's like, she needed that closure. She doesn't know what it is, but she needed that closure when he died to know that, like, she put, probably that she put him there. She's like, you did not defeat me. You did not break me. Mm-hmm. You tried to kill me mm-hmm. and you failed and you couldn't break me after that. But yes, mm-hmm. that is the... Which is why she's so amazing, right? I mean, because she, like, throughout all of this, she, she lost her dancing career and and so much more. And she still remains, like, a strong person. Yeah, I mean, with the Larry Singleton thing, it's like like his body took him, I guess, and not, like, any kind of sense of justice or whatever, which is disappointing, I suppose, especially from her, you know, perspective where, you know, like justice needs to be served and it seems like in both cases that he got out of it like his sentence you know like in california and in florida fucked up i think it's more fucked up that he was able to to do that again like yeah like leave california yeah yeah well i get why he left california but they should have he should not have been able to live on his own well leave the prison yeah be paroled yeah but that is the state story of Mary Vincent, a badass woman who survived a shit ton and told her attacker, fuck you, on every occasion. I mean, and that's, I, that's like, it's unfortunate that she had to go through that, but it's also, like, truly, like, amazing that she not only survived the basic 
fucking bodily attacks that he brought upon her, but then, like, faced him in court. That's super brave, you know? That's amazing. She had to face him in court twice, too. That's the, like, most ridiculous thing is, like, the second time was not even for her own case. It was for mm. him murdering someone else just as brutally as he tried to murder her. She's like, I'll follow you in the same way that, or, well, I'll follow you as much as you follow me or whatever. Like, I'll, I will follow you until I see justice served. So that's, that's good. Yeah. Strength. So do you want to remind everyone, Lindsay, where they can find you? Uh yeah my my I'm Lindsay uh, my podcast is thirty three percent pulp um I am on we are on Twitter thirty three underscore pulp on Instagram we're at thirty three pulp and um it's pretty much it we read books in thirds it's usually not true crime but I love true crime so I really love this story and I think that you did a good job Courtney so thank you for sharing this story with me. I'm glad. And other people. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, it's a shorter one just because I didn't want to, like, the details of that case are so hard <laughs> to deal with. And I wanted to not go too in-depth into them because that's a black pit of despair. Um, but yes, thank you. Yeah, seriously. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, we'll be back, I'll, well, I'll be back next week with another guest and there'll be some i think i'm gonna do my tip off tuesdays the first ones for the guest as well um and it'll be really really fun chronicity a state of prolonged duration recurrent habitual chronic a new mini series on chronic pain and illness by your friends matt and phil from semi-intellectual musings we go beyond medical diagnosis to explore the often forgotten political social and personal sides you'll hear stories from extraordinary people overcoming extraordinary challenges authors entrepreneurs volunteers coaches and caregivers they are so much more than their diagnoses yet each have found ways to persevere you'll also hear some familiar voices from the indie podcast community showing that art creativity and passion are possible while living in chronicity these stories and more starting april 1st at thesim.podbean.com Thank you for listening to The Cult of Domesticity. We are available on all podcatchers. On social media, we're on Facebook and Twitter at The Domestic Podcast and Instagram at The Cult of Domesticity. If you have a topic request, information, or want to send us a recipe, please email us at thedomesticpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and share with all your friends. Remember to stay domestic and cult-free.